Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are talking to Jennifer Dengenhart directly from Norwalk, Connecticut. Jennifer is a Spanish teacher who taught middle and high school Spanish for 25 years years. And she's also a book author, and her books have been translated to French, English, and German. So Jennifer, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much, Lucia. I'm so happy to be talking with you today. Yes, me too. So Jennifer, you are a Spanish teacher, and I know that learning a new language sometimes can be very challenging. How did you learn Spanish? Well, actually, I learned Spanish when I was an exchange student to Bolivia. I don't even want to tell you the year because it was so many years ago when I was in high school, at, when I was 16 years old. So I, then maybe like 35 years ago and probably a little bit more than that. I don't know the, the math. And I was an exchange student there for an entire year. And I had to learn Spanish because I didn't know any when I went. I knew about five words. I had been studying French up until that time. You decided to become a Spanish teacher at that time? It was just like about everything else in my life. It was just something that happened. Both of my parents um, were public school teachers and enjoyed their jobs to, to mostly. And so I thought, well, I mean, I can always do that. I didn't have the, um, you know, I didn't have the thought to be, anything but a teacher at the time and and I didn't really know what I wanted to study so at the end of the second year of university when um when my advisor said to me okay well you have to pick a major I said well I, I don't know what I want to study and he says well you have to pick something and I said well what I have the most credits in he said Spanish I said well put that down that'll be fine um so I went on to study Spanish and Latin American studies uh, which was um, which went well with um, my experience in Bolivia and and then I just thought well I'll go into teaching until I think of something else and I never thought of anything else until you know 24 years later <laughs> about 24 years yeah. yeah and Jennifer what was your experience teaching in middle high school like well, when I first started teaching, I was very much 
a grammarian, you know, like my, my father taught high school English and was very involved with grammar and he really loved grammar and I loved grammar too, but um, that's really not the best way to get students involved in the language. So later on, um, and without any real formal training, um, I figured I would just provide all of the language um, for the students and see what they could make of it. And this, um, I came to find out later that this uh, method is called comprehensible input, giving the students lots and lots of, of language, whole language, and then having them, you know, um, take it in just like we did when we learned our first language, when I first learned English you know, for, you know, nine or 10 months, my parents and grandparents and friends and everyone else were, were talking to me in English. And finally, I uttered a word or however old I was when I uttered my first word. So giving, you know, giving students the opportunity for more language in um, by reading and listening and then having them create language with whatever they have acquired so far. So, um, while I still love grammar, um, it's not what I do any longer. And I noticed that um, when I was teaching the grammar, maybe six or seven years ago, that um, the students were not, they were not having it. They were not happy with me. And I had a couple of classes of students with a lot of learning uh, challenges. So I so I said to myself, oh, there's got to be a better way. I said, we're, we're just going to destroy each other by the end of the school year because they weren't, they didn't like it. I didn't like how I was presenting it to them. So I thought, well, maybe if I tell them a story, I don't even know where the idea came from. And I went home in a week and wrote them a story. And, and it was a story that they could buy into because it was with um, characters that were like the students they were in the in the town that they lived and did the same activities that they liked so all of the vocabulary that they would need but related to um, characters that were like them i also love studying grammar but not many people like it no no most people don't and jennifer can you share how you how you help students learn more about themselves through storytelling well yes about um about the language and about themselves because when they were um when they were reading my story which happened to be in the present tense in the first person singular then they could just insert their own information so if the story started out um hi my name is cooper they would just have to switch the name Cooper for their own name and their confidence grew when they were able to say something in another language and it was just a whole different ball game as we say they were excited to come in I mean as excited as high school students can be about coming into class and um and I knew this was the way to go when one girl she was particularly challenging she was in fact um she had a bad attitude really. And I just wondered every single day what it was going to be like with her. And I knew I'd hit a breakthrough when she said, um, Profe, I like this story. What's going to happen next? Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I did it. I reached, I reached some sort of epiphany there. So 
it was great for both both the students and for me. And what was the primary motive in writing and creating the types of books you do? The idea is to keep the language very simple and repeat a lot of the vocabulary and a lot of the grammatical structures, even though we don't teach the grammatical structures um, as a point of fact, but, um, but repeat them so the students, it, it becomes part of their vocabulary. And by using um, very simple vocabulary and using a lot of cognates, meaning words that are similar in English and, and in Spanish, or similar in English and in French, um, then students can really pick up on, on what's going on. And they don't have to be able to uh, produce all of that right away, but as long as they understand what's going on in the story, it will keep their interest. And that's all I wanted in the beginning was, okay, are you gonna come back to class? Are we gonna be able to, to try to have another conversation? And, and it seemed to work. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> Yes. The other the other um, motivation for me was to bring in characters that were diverse, because a lot of, um, you know, there were books like this already on the market back when I first started writing. Um, maybe that was seven years ago, but they were um, they didn't have diverse characters. And I thought it was important for the students that I had at the time that were in my classes to be more aware of um, of other students, um, be they Hispanic students or black students or um, LGBTQ students, uh, students of other countries or characters from other countries. I just thought that that part was really important. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to include those things. I also include a lot of geography because I love geography. <laughs> Yes, Jennifer, and it's so, so important to promote inclusion in the classroom. Yes. You have a book called La Chica Nueva. Yes, I, I do. Pronunciated properly. Oh, you did a wonderful job, Lucia. Your pronunciation is excellent. Yes. Thank you. So since you wrote La Chica Nueva, you wrote nine more short stories or short novels all with different themes, as you were telling me, and Latin cultures. So how do your books continue to set themselves apart from other similar books? Well, I think that um, the characters that I create are, um, they're character-driven stories. And so each character has, um, has issues that he or she or they are experiencing that really can provide a, a, a window or a mirror um, to end a, or a sliding glass door for, for readers to understand. I mean, if it's a, if it's a person of color in the story and um, there's a, a person of color reading it, then they can see themselves reflected back. Or if it's a, if it's, um, you know, a, a non-diverse, you're a white student reading, they can then see, um, look through um, the window and see how other people are. And I think that representation is really so very important. And I strive 
really hard to include different types of characters, not only um, Hispanic characters, which was obviously that was easy to do with, um, you know, the books in Spanish, but if they were uh, the books that are translated and adapted to French, I try to pick other French speaking nations other than France and Canada just to let students in the United States know that, oh, there are many countries in Africa where France is the, um, the official language. And um, just to, to create that awareness. I mean, I don't expect people to become experts and nor do the books provide, you know, expert level information, but just to realize that, oh yes, Togo and the Cote d'Ivoire in, um, in Western Africa, those are both, in, um, nations where they speak French. I think that's important. Um, also, the books that have um, LGBTQ characters right now, very important for social emotional learning for students to be able to see themselves. It's, um, you know, now it's Pride Month right now, and I'm so delighted to have uh, four different titles, four different um, stories with LGBTQ characters. I think I'm up to 10, you know, with the different languages in French and then in, in Spanish, English and in German. And um, I've received so many wonderful um, emails and, you know, some praise on social media too from teachers who thank me for providing books for their LGBTQ students. So I, when I asked what, I think I was in class oh, you know, six years ago. And I said, you know, I should probably write a story with, um, with some characters, some, some gay characters. And I saw maybe three or four students totally light up. And I said, oh, it, it, this is, this, of course, why would I not? And um, Los Tres Amigos, I think, was the, the first book of this genre or in, um, with these um, with these types of books, so I'm re I'm really proud of that. Yeah, and I saw that you use graphic like comics. Yeah, it's yeah graphic really novels. Beautiful. Yes, yeah. So talk about the process of creating a graphic novel. Well, listen, it's you have to find an artist because if you don't have an artist, it doesn't work. And I was so very very lucky to find Emilia Vickers and Emilia uh, just graduated from high school. So her work, she just graduated from high school. I can't believe it. Her work is phenomenal. And she had done a couple of the covers. All of my books covers, the artwork on it are, are done by students because I want students to, to share the joy and to be represented in their artwork. And if you'll see some of my books, I've got artwork from kids as young as seven to, you know, to college age students and at all different levels of, of, of expertise, if you will, or talent. And um, I love them all. But anyway, so Emma, Emilia had done a couple of covers for me and I just reached out to her and I said, hey, do you wanna do a um, graphic novel? you have any interest? And she texted me back right away. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it became her um, senior project for high school. And we came up with a storyline together. She did all of the artwork. Um, this young woman worked so very, very hard. 
and I hope that people will take a look, even just to see her beautiful artwork, because it really is a, um, it's tremendous. Yeah, I saw some of them. Uh, they are so beautiful. I thought they were done by professionals. Uh, yes, I know. I was blown away by her, by her ability. And she just got so into it. She's never done a project like this before. And just putting the panels together, we both worked very, very hard because there were some hurdles that I had to um, leap over as well as far as technology is concerned. Not my favorite. <laughs> she drew, um, I don't know how many panels it was, but it was 198 pages. No. Yeah, yeah, 198 pages. pages. Yes. Emily, you did a great <laughs> job. <laughs> she is just the best. So uh, you're so lucky. So uh, yes. And Jennifer, how long have you been in business, and how has your business expanded since you started? Well, when I first started, I didn't think anybody would buy even one copy of the first book, but. I was wrong. Happily, I was wrong. And um, I think maybe a year and a half into um, into writing these books, a, um, a distributor of uh, world language materials, Teachers Discovery, um, they um, have materials created by teachers for teachers. And um, they wanted to start selling my books and so that was really the the first inroad into this odyssey of um of selling my my products not only in the united states but worldwide i mean i sell my books also on amazon so they're available to people all over the place and i have sold books in australia and new zealand and japan and china even i mean i just get these these little reports i mean i don't and Europe, of course, and um, and the the CI Bookshop. For those who are listening in um, in Europe, the CI Bookshop is um, a distributor of my books in in Europe, mm -hmm. out of the Netherlands, and it's just been fabulous. Uh, just getting you know more and more books and and it's so fun that people like the books they tell you they like the books so i want to i want to write more books and i want to write more books and and then you know it's like a it's a cycle it's a, a cycle a, yeah, a snowball effect and since um last summer actually since covid hit and the pandemic started um i got together with another author um uh teresa marama who, whom I've only met once in person, but she and I decided to create a website together, digilangua.co. And we have all of our books available to teachers, um, both as digital books and with audio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So people can just assess your website and start learning? Yes. Yes. All of the books have um, glossaries as well. The, every word is um, is defined for the for the students, not the English books, because I wouldn't know which um, you know, which language to put the glossary in, but um, the Spanish books and the French books and the German books all have a glossary. So even if a student is um, gets stuck on a word, they can just go back to the glossary and, and look it up and and keep on moving with the with the reading because mm -hmm. the the joy of reading and just being in contact with the language will will help the confidence will build the vocabulary and um, will keep I'm hoping that the stories um, will maintain this, the learner's interest too. Yes, and this is the best way to learn a new language. Yes. And Jennifer, you mentioned COVID. So what was the effect of the pandemic on your business? My primary clients are teachers and, um, and teachers like to have the physical books for their students to read, but they weren't even in school. They were at home and doing distance learning. So, um, the, so uh, those sales through Amazon and through the distributors fell off. And, um, but I, I, for some reason, I was very calm about the whole thing. I just knew it wasn't going to be forever. And we would go back to school and books will always be in style. And so I just rode the wave, so to speak. And I didn't really worry about it so much. And I just kept writing. In fact, I was very busy during the pandemic, you know, when we were shut down and stuff, I was um, stuck in Guatemala, because I had traveled to Guatemala the the day before they shut down the borders. And um, I got a lot of writing done. And I even um, knowing teachers were going to have to go remote. I, I wrote a story within two days in 48 hours, I wrote a whole little book. And I put it out online. Um, it was um, for for free for teachers to use. Um, it's called La Reina con la Corona, the Queen with the Crown, because it was just about Corona and how students in some middle school students um, were dealing with the the advent of the shutdown and what how their lives were affected. You know that one girl's grandma gets sick with COVID, and um, you know one you know, couple of the kids were mad that the NBA season was, uh, basketball season was um, halted. And and so just, it was, I mean, listen, it's, it's not a great story, um, but it's pretty good for 48 hours worth, I think. Of course, of course, <laughs> 48 hours to write a book is, is very good. <laughs> Jennifer, I see that your last book has a character with Down syndrome. 
Please tell us a little bit more about it. Well, because I think representation is so important, I wanted to make sure to also include some neurodiverse characters in my books. And um, this uh, young girl is in high school and she has Down syndrome and she is um, inspired by the daughter of a Facebook friend of mine who always posts about his daughter, Sophia. And the, the girl in the book, the character in the book is also named Sophia. And um, Sophia in the story is is getting ready for the Special Olympics. She's a weightlifter. And she meets another girl who goes to her gym also to train. And this girl, whose name is Blue, um, she has some different issues. Blue is very angry and um, she's not very nice in the beginning. We learn that um, that's because Blue is homeless. And um, Blue and her family have have some, you know, some financial issues. And um, Blue and Sophia in the story come become friends and they help each other out. And it's just it's a very sweet story about friendship, about inclusion and um, and and just accepting people where they're at. That's really important. Jennifer, your books promote inclusion. It is. I think, too, that um, to me, it's it's of course, it's inclusion, but it's also it's real life. And and this is who exists in our lives, whether we know it or not. And and all of those those characters or people in our lives, characters should be represented. And, you know, the, I think the book I wrote before this has a, a boy who uses a wheelchair and, um, and I have other stories um, in mind about um, a, another young boy who has Tourette's syndrome. And just, you know, we all are dealing with something and I think we just need to be more aware of that. And um, as a matter of as a matter of course, mm -hmm. exactly. This was yeah. beautifully said, Jennifer. So, Jennifer, what do you wish you had known when you started out? Well, when I first started out, I had no confidence. Not not one ounce of confidence about what I was doing because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know, you know, to whom to reach out to in order to find out. So it was a struggle and it was a personal struggle at the same time. And I really thought I was supposed to do it the right way. Well, there is no right way to do anything. There is a, maybe a suggested way, maybe a way that other people have tried and have succeeded. But once I finally found my voice, my way to do it, um, I, I became so much happier. And then I really started um, being able to write stories that came truly from my heart. So I wish I had known that there was no right way. I wish I had known 
to just really and truly trust the process. Mm -hmm. And um, and that would be the advice that I would give to to others starting out with anything, with anything new and that they're not sure about. Ask a lot of questions, um, weigh your options. And if you can't stop thinking about it, just keep doing it. Exactly. What's next for you? I have just finished my first play. I have never written a play in my life. And um, I um, was thinking about writing this play, given some stories that my best friend's son had told me, um, oh, last year and the year before. He's a, he's a biracial um, young man whose mother is white, his father is black, and he experienced some some racism, some real racism um, throughout his years of high school. And it just really gutted me. I, I just love this young man so much that I wanted to write a story with him. And especially in light of um, all of the protests last summer following the murder of George Floyd, um, I wanted to write a story with him, but that wasn't able to happen. So I picked up another book. Um, this is The Fire by Don Lemon, who's a, um, a host of um, Don Lemon Tonight on CNN. And I read the first chapter and literally the next day I started writing the play. I said, I have to do something. Um, and so I, I started writing the play and it, it came to me so quickly. It, 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 and I had a good time writing it even though it was with some challenging experiences that I was that I was um, telling about his my friend's experience uh, with the racism, but there are some funny parts too. Funny, you know, not not having to do with race, just family, just funny family stuff, and enough so that when I reread it, um, I was laughing. I was literally laughing out loud. So I hope that it's well received. And I'm hoping too that it will start a conversation, you know, with um, with with people of all different backgrounds. Just talking about the characters and and how can we, how can this be a conversation um, where we can just empathize with one another and not um, and not dig our heels into one side or the other. And um, I'm hoping that, you know, with, with this play and with all of my books, that really just some conversations happen, whether they be in Spanish or not, I mean, or French or not, I, it doesn't matter to me. You know, if somebody reads something in my books in German and then realizes that, you know, the person they're sitting on the bus next to speaks German and they, they come out with one or two words, it, that's a win. You know, mm -hmm. just engage with people. At the end of the day, language is all about people yes. and yes exactly. and that's what excites me you're so talented oh, thank you <laughs> you've been doing so much so it's very important that you tell our listeners how can they find you i think the easiest way is um my personal website which is www.puenteslanguage.com that's p-u-e-n-t-e-s language.com puentes means bridges A website that i started with um, my business partner teresa marama is 
digilangua.co, D-I-G-I-L-A-N-G-U-A dot co, not com. That's another story altogether. And um, from there, you can you can reach out to me. There's a contact button, and you know I'm always checking checking the messages that come in. Um, and I have uh, you can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Instagram. Um, I don't know. They're all the links on the websites because I don't know my handles on each one, but I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. You know, I, there's a whole host of ways that anyone can get in touch with me. And, and if you're a teacher and you'd like to um, join the community of other teachers teaching languages, I have a Facebook group, World Language Teaching Stories. And every so often, you know, post some stuff about new stuff I'm doing. And if, and if teachers have other things to share, it's a great forum to do that as well. You inspired me so much. I feel that after talking to you and feeling this amazing energy, positivity, I feel like I can do more things from now on. <laughs> you, everybody absolutely can everybody can can do more if they want to do more and if it's if they're being called to do it mm -hmm. people should absolutely do it so thank you very much jennifer for your participation it was a pleasure to talk to you oh it was so much fun to talk to you lucia thank you so much for the opportunity if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big